Blake Chapel was only 17 in October of 2011 when he attended his high school homecoming dance with his girlfriend. After the dance was over, Blake headed to a friend's house to spend the night. From the friend's house, he called his mom, still on cloud nine. He told her he had just had the best night of his life. Blake had danced the night away with his friends and she could hear the excitement in his voice. But little did she know, this was the last time she would ever speak to her son. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Blake Tyler Chapel was your average 17-year-old in Noonan, Georgia. He attended East Coweta High School and enjoyed hanging out with his friends and being the comedic life of the party. According to those who knew him, Blake was hilarious and loved to make people laugh. He was said to see the best in people, and that made him very easy to get along with. Leading up to the dance, Blake's mom recounts shopping for a tie in the department store with her son. She recalls how he was video chatting with his girlfriend, Rion and showing her all the different ties so she could help pick one out that matched her dress. I say Rion with a question mark, um, because I've only heard her name pronounced once, and I'm pretty sure Rion was the pronunciation. So, Rion is what I will be calling his girlfriend from here on out. There was a very touching moment she talked about when a store clerk helped Blake tie the tie because he didn't know how. On the day of the dance, both Blake and Rion's mom helped to chauffeur them from their houses to a restaurant and then to the school. They took a ton of photos, and then they met up with friends. The kids were looked after, up until the dance where they were left to have fun and then picked up later by Rion's mom. They hang out at Rion's house for a while before driving Blake to his friend Austin's house and leaving him there. Upon arriving at Austin's house, Blake kept his word, and he called his mom. He had the conversation relaying his excitement and then said the two of them were headed to bed. It did take some convincing of Blake's mom to let him stay the night, apparently. Blake had already had an incident of running off and staying gone for a few days. He made the agreement with his mother, but only if he stayed at Austin's and only there. However, the night seemed to be just getting started for Blake, and he went against everything he told his mom. The boys were still riding the high of that exciting night and decided to attempt to buy cigarettes at the gas station down the street. They are unsuccessful in this venture and return to Austin's house. It's very early in the morning now, sometime around 4 a.m. Austin says he's heading to bed, but Blake had made plans to sneak out to his girlfriend's again. Austin gives Blake a jacket and an extra key to the house so he can get back in when he comes back. Then he heads to bed. Rion's house was located several miles from Austin's, but nothing young Blake couldn't handle. So he was seen by witnesses walking in the direction of Rion's home. He was seen again shortly after, leaving and heading in the direction of Austin's house, but never seen again. According to the girlfriend and her grandmother, Blake had been busted shortly after entering the girl's home and was sent away by his grandmother. He quickly scurried out the window he had snuck in and was never seen again that night. Blake does continue to text Rion on his trip back to Austin's and is even texting Rion's mom, begging forgiveness for his trespasses. There are a few texts that were sent that everyone seems to think are off, but I think possibly are just out of context. For example, at one point, Blake says something along the lines of, no matter what happens in the future, I want you to know I love you and I will always love you. Now, a lot of people took that as Blake thought something was about to happen to him, 
But I think the reality is he was afraid he was going to be told he can't see Rion anymore by her parents after sneaking in. Now, my knowledge of being busted by a girlfriend's parents is not all I have to go on here, okay? According to sources, Blake had had a girlfriend months before, and this very thing happened. He dated a 16-year-old girl, and in Georgia at the time, she was underage, and Blake was, quote, of age at 17, so their union was illegal. In other words, her stepdaddy caught the two of them together and ran Blake off, telling him to never come back. With past knowledge of Blake's life, the text seems less ominous. Well most of them. There is one that still seems frighteningly haunting. The last text Blake sent before vanishing was to Rion's phone. It said that a police officer pulled him over, even though he was walking, and asked where he was headed. When asked, officers of the Newman PD said that they were unable to find a record of anyone from their agency stopping him that night. It may have just been that whoever stopped him just didn't make a report. But there was never a follow-up to this, so I wonder if it was someone posing as an officer to lure Blake into the car, or perhaps the text was even sent by the person themselves. No officer ever came forward saying that they had stopped or talked to Blake. Of course, that does not clear the Newman PD, but it just makes it that much harder. If it was a police officer, he's done a damn good job of hiding the fact for over 10 years. But if it was not, then that's another kind of scary. That means someone posing as an officer was out prowling the streets that night. The next morning, Austin calls Blake's mom around 11 a.m. and tells her Blake is missing. She is baffled and responds, What do you mean he's missing? He was staying at your house, right? This leads to Austin coming clean and informing her of his and Blake's late-night rendezvous. A search is started and lasts for over two months in hopes of finding her boy. But nothing is found. No clues, no trails, no witnesses. Blake had just vanished off the face of the earth and no one had answers. But on a cold, bitter December day, Melissa Becker, who was Blake's mom, received the call that she had hoped would never come. She had been at home hoping to see her boy come walking up the driveway, but instead was being informed that her son's body had just been found. Blake was face down in a creek with only his boxers and a white undershirt on. He had been shot to death, and his body was left there to diminish. Because this is an active investigation, police are holding out on as much information as possible, hoping to catch someone in details, I suppose. It was unclear how long Blake's remains had been in the water. Not only did the water and natural exposure contaminate any evidence that could have been collected, it also made it difficult for police to put together a solid timeline of what happened. It is possible that Blake was shot somewhere else and his body was dumped at the creek. It's possible that Blake was kidnapped and held for some time before being killed. Over the years, there have been a few suspects who were investigated, but all were cleared. One of these suspects was Rion's dad, as he was out at the time Blake was missing. And if you remember, Blake was out at around 4 a.m., so that seems kind of odd. But the reason Rion's dad claims he was out so early is that he was, quote, setting up a blind, which, if you're not familiar, is something that hunters do before hunting season. Deer won't go near anything for weeks to make sure it's safe. So weeks before hunting season starts, hunters go into the woods and set up their hunting spots. This could be anything from a built structure to a simple tent hidden in the bush. This can cause deer to then avoid normal grazing areas and therefore ruin a hunting season. So this is usually something done sometime in advance. Some people did claim that it was still too early. But as far as I can tell, there are various hunting seasons that stretch from late October to mid-January. And since it was mid-October when Blake went missing, the timeline does seem to fit. Now, if you are caught doing this and have a gun with you, then you run the risk of losing your hunting license altogether. 
So Rion's dad claims that he didn't even have a weapon with him, and eventually he is cleared by investigators. Also, the police never released information on the type of weapon used on Blake. That is another piece of information they want to keep close. At this point, it seems the only way to solve Blake's murder is through community support. Blake's family holds out hope that his case will be solved, but as his mother has said, she has also come to terms with the fact that she may never know. There's a $20,000 reward for information leading to an arrest in Blake's case. Callers can leave tips for the Newman police at 770-254-2355 or Crime Stoppers of Greater Atlanta. Those who provide tips can remain anonymous. All these sources will be linked below the description. The following is a report from Noonan PD on Blake's case. It reads as follows. The Newman Police Department is investigating the murder of 17-year-old Blake Tyler Chapel. On 12-19-2011, officers with the Newman Police Department were dispatched to the area of Summer Grove Subdivision in Noonan, Georgia, in reference to a report of a deceased individual found in a creek. Upon further investigation, Chapel appeared to have suffered from gunshot wounds. He was last seen on 10-16-2011, walking in the area of Market Square, located in the Summer Grove subdivision. If you have any information regarding Chapel's death, the Newman Police Department encourages you to please make contact at any of the following methods, which are submit an online tip at Crime Stoppers, Greater Atlanta, link in the description. Call Crime Stoppers Greater Atlanta tip line at 404-577-TIPS. That's 404-577-8477. Or email unsolvedhomicide at cityofnoonan.org. All right, guys. So there is the case of Blake Chapel, the brain, the brain scratcher, not the Blake brain scratcher. I've been saying Blake a lot, obviously. Um, and unfortunately, we do not have a Lauren synopsis this week. We had some miscommunication. We changed the case. Um, long story short, Lauren was left out of the change notification for whatever reason. Neither me nor uh, my wife Kristen decided to change the Google Calendar so Lauren would be in on it. So we messed it up. We messed it up. So everybody be mad at, at me for not letting Lauren know the correct synopsis. Lauren did a synopsis this week. It's just not on the right case. I guess I could play it for you guys if you just want to hear some stuff not relating to the game. I'm just kidding. We'll probably do that case that, that he actually covered this week uh, in the future. So nonetheless, uh, that synopsis will not go to waste, um, but it really sucks that we didn't have it for this episode because I'm very curious uh, to hear what Lauren thinks about this episode. And hopefully, you know, we can we can talk about it later and maybe I'll give you guys an update on like Strange Shorts or maybe on Patreon or something like that. Uh, but as for me, what do I think happened to Blake Chapel? Um, that is a very difficult question. At first glance, I thought... This had to be an angry father, an angry stepfather. Um, and as far as I know, we're just taking this guy's word for it that he didn't have a gun for him. Um, so his girlfriend's father, or stepdad, I'm sorry, who was out that night, who happened to be out at 4 a.m. on that very night, um, we're taking his word for it. 
that he didn't have a gun, right? And then also, we don't know what type of gun was used on Blake. Also, we don't know how many guns this man had. You know, chances are he probably didn't use his favorite hunting rifle to kill Blake, if he did. This is all alleged speculation, okay? Please, if there's anyone from this family, this gentleman, uh, this is all alleged. I'm just trying to put pieces together from the very few pieces and clues that we have. Then again, this could be a completely random crime where someone saw someone walking vulnerably, a young man, 17 years old, um, unarmed at night, alone, and just saw an opportunity to do something horrific. That is always the case. Um, but in just in these small towns, it just, it just, it rarely is that. It rarely is just some random attack. Um, you know, and then we know from a month, few months earlier where Blake was seeing another young woman and, you know, had a little bit of friction in that relationship as well with the parents. So maybe Blake had created some enemies among some, some angry, frustrated fathers or stepfathers. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe Blake was, you know, Blake seemed to be quite the ladies' man and, you know, he had a great sense of humor. You know, somebody that makes people laugh is is rarely lonely, right? So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I. It looks like something just random. It could have been a serial killer riding down through, riding through Georgia, riding through the South here and decided to pick Blake up. We don't know. Um, if you guys have any information, obviously call the authorities first. Um, but if you, if you know anything about this case, if you've heard anything, maybe you live in the area of Georgia where this case happened, um, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you if you have any more information, anything that I got wrong, anything that has since been corrected, whatever, any updates to this case at all, please let me know. I'd love to cover those on Strange Shorts. Um, which is a show I do every Monday on Patreon, Strange Shorts, that we've released a couple of them here on the free platform, and every fourth episode will continue to be released on the free platform. And what Strange Shorts does, it just kind of keeps you update, up to date on the uh, new occurrences, strange things, and true crime. Uh, like, for instance, this past week we talked about Alec Baldwin. If you haven't heard about that, how Alec Baldwin uh, shot a videographer on set, um, allegedly by accident, using a quote-unquote prop gun, uh, shot and killed her and also injured the director on set as well. Uh, we talk about that on uh, this past Strange Shorts that came out on Monday. We talked about it as well as other cases that are being just flooded in the true crime community, uh, like the Gabby Petito case, Brian Laundrie, um, and then some other funny, more lighthearted crimes or just weird things that are going on in the world. We try to keep those articles up to date um, and as current as possible. And that's every Monday. We do Strange Shorts on patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, speaking of Patreon, I want to give it a quick shout because it is the best way to support this show and everything we do here at True Crime Guys Productions. Um, I want to give a big shout to Christopher Martinson, who just came on this month at the $5 tier. So at the $5 tier, Chris will get, every Monday, he'll get Strange Shorts. Um, and then every other Saturday... He will get Higher Thoughts, which I release, which is a show, it's just what it sounds. It's almost like a, uh, a journal, except for I am uh, under the influence and talk about funny things. Sometimes it's things in my life, sometimes I'm just on here 
uh, ranting, venting. Other times I have friends on, I have guests, we have a conversation. I write poetry on there. Um, I play songs on there. Higher Thoughts is just a, a, an open platform for me to, and me and my friends and anyone who wants to get into podcasting, it gives them an outlet to produce something to whatever it is, because true crime becomes a little overbearing sometimes, and sometimes even I need a break. (laughs) So um, that is my outlet. I love Higher Thoughts, and like I said, I do that every other Saturday. It's released on Patreon. And then at the $5 tier, you also get access to a show called Sandu Stories, where we do one really like overly produced episode, if you will, uh, with music, sound effects, voice actors, um, and it is, is written more like a script. I guess, uh, more like you're listening to a well-produced audiobook or or an old-time radio show of some sort. I would, I would say that's the closest thing I can think of to what Sandu Stories is. So you can listen to Sandu Stories. We have a Sandu Stories episode that comes out once every month. And the same week that it comes out, I release Strange Shorts on the free platform um, for everyone who is not a patron. So something will be released every single Monday on this free platform. So always check back. All right, guys. Um, well, let me let me also give a shout out to reviews. That's another great way to help the show. If you leave a review wherever iTunes, um, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, I will try my best to get to it. I promise. So let's see. Let's pull up some reviews here. I think I got um, a new review from No Likey. Says five stars. Love these guys. Thank you very much, No Likey. Appreciate that very much. And uh, of course, you know we got. We got some other reviews here. We got a review from Papa Wolf, uh, Amethyst Irvin, five-star review. Michael does a great job finding and telling interesting stories while respecting the victims and advocating for justice. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate the more serious counterpart of True Crime, guys. Right. Yes, that's basically what this is. <laughs> it's the more serious counterpart of True Crime, guys, where we talk unsolved, missing persons, that type of thing. So it's a great way to help the show, as well as following on social media at S and U Podcast um, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, even Strange and Unexplained at Facebook. If you like, if if you love Facebook, I actually have a TikTok as well. I haven't really decided what I'm doing with the TikTok yet. I have a few videos up there. Uh, if you'd like to see what I look like, I guess you could go on there <laughs> or at Sandu Podcast on any social media platform. If you'd like to put a face to the name to the voice, if you're one of those people. Um, but yeah, on TikTok, I'm thinking about maybe doing short advertisements of the cases that I do, maybe quick run-throughs, and that would be a great way to stay up to date on what's coming up, um, on Strange and Unexplained. All right, guys, well, that's pretty much it. As always, send your suggestions to, uh, sandupodcast at gmail.com, that's S-and-U, and spelt out, gmail, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Guys, you can send any case suggestions there or message me on Patreon if you're a patron um, or comment on this very post or uh, on social media as well. Any of those ways to submit a suggestion is greatly appreciated, guys. We've actually been uh, trucking on suggestions for quite a few weeks now. Uh, this week's suggestion was from Shannon Martis. So I appreciate that very much. She DM'd me on Instagram and said, please, please cover Blake Chapel's case. Um, and so there you go. Blake Chapel is covered. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the retelling of these events. Obviously, not the unfortunate event that happened to this young man. But hopefully we'll have answers soon. And all this will be behind us. Because someone someone knows something in regards to young Blake. And I, I just think that this, 
this case should be solved solved in the next coming years. I think that's why they're kind of keeping everything so quiet. The police are really keeping a lot of details close to the chest, and um, I think they may be onto something. I think we'll see something here in the next few years in this case. I just don't see how someone kills someone, strips some of their clothes, and doesn't leave any type of DNA or any type of evidence at all. This just seems odd to me. So, again, Shannon, thanks for your suggestion. And, uh, yeah, so I'll see you guys next week for a new Strange and Unexplained case. So until then, just be strange, okay? Don't be strangers. See ya.